Section 55 of The Living Animals of the World, Volume 2. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Devorah Allen. The Living Animals of the World, Volume 2. Book 6, Chapter 6. Corals, Sea Anemones, and Jellyfishes by W. Seville Kent. With the sea anemones and jellyfishes, almost the lowest organized group of living animals is reached. As typified by an ordinary sea anemone, the body may be described as a simple sac, the orifice of which is inverted for some little distance and held in position with relation to the outer wall by a series of radiating partitions. One or more rows of tentacles varying in number and character according to the species, surround the mouth of this partially inverted sac. There is no distinct intestinal tract, the whole space enclosed within the outer wall and ramifying amongst the radiating partitions containing the digestive juices. The radiating membranous partitions develop upon their surfaces the reproductive elements, and in the case of corals, which are merely skeleton-producing sea anemones, partly secrete within them the symmetrical radiating calcareous plates so characteristic of the group. Some thirty-odd species of sea anemones are indigenous to British waters, and one or more of these will be familiar to most readers. The strawberry anemone, clinging to the rocks as a hemispherical lump of crimson, green, brown, or red and yellow speckled jelly when the tide is down, and expanding like a beautiful flower when the waters flow back upon it, is the commonest and in many respects the most beautiful of all. The circlet of turquoise beads, regarded as rudimentary eyes, developed around the outer margin of the tentacles, adding a charm possessed by few other species. The dahlia anemone, whose expanded disc and innumerable petal-like tentacles may measure as much as six or eight inches in diameter, is the largest British species. These dimensions are, however, vastly exceeded by its tropical allies. The Australian coast produces giant species which may measure no less than from 18 inches to 2 feet across their expanded discs. These giant anemones are further interesting on account of the circumstance that they are self-constituted harbors of refuge to sundry species of fish and crabs, which nestle among their tentacles like birds in a leafy bower. The anemones are themselves bright in color, but the associated fishes are even more so. In an example which was photographed by the writer on the Western Australian coast, the anemone was olive green, with the tips of the tentacles bright mauve. The fishes, of which three examples were present, were brilliant orange scarlet with white bands. In addition to the fishes, a small flat-clawed crab shared the sheltering hospitality of the anemone. Some of the tropical coral reef-frequenting anemones, which have their tentacles beautifully branched, must be cautiously handled in consequence of their notable stinging properties. All sea anemones and corals are, in fact, provided with peculiar stinging cells, with which they benumb and thus make an easy capture of the living organisms on which they prey. While the majority of the sea anemones live single or individually separate lives, there are some which form aggregations or colony stocks of numerous units.
these compound growths are brought about by repeated budding or the subdivision or fission without complete separation of an originally single individual it is by a similar process of recurrent subdivision that the wonderful fabrications of the coral polyps are built up an ordinary coral animal or polyp as previously stated differs in no respect from a sea anemone except for the possession of a calcareous skeleton secreted within its basal tissues including portions of the membranous radiating partitions some coral animals like the majority of the anemones are solitary and form single attached or loosely lying corals the well-known mushroom coral is one of the latter one species observed which was photographed through the water by the writer as it lay expanded in a tide pool on the australian great barrier reef might easily be taken for a big sea anemone allied to the dahlia anemone on being disturbed however it immediately shrinks back upon its base ejecting all the water with which its expanded tissues were filled and revealing the presence of the hard radiating coral beneath each of the calcareous radii which are now clearly defined through the thin semi-transparent skin corresponds in position with one of the internal membranous partitions and also with the origin of one of the tentacles new mushroom corals are produced as buds thrown off from the parent which attach themselves and secrete a footstalk to which they remain affixed like the young of the feather starfish for the earlier epoch of their existence ultimately however they become detached and falling from their stalks lie loosely on the sea bottom after the manner of their parents the huge coral masses commonly known as madrepores out of which coral islands and reefs are constructed all commence as a single coral animal with its contained skeleton analogous to the mushroom coral though in all instances much smaller the buds developed by the coral polyp in these instances remain attached to the parent if they spread out laterally they build up by accumulation the large flattened or subspherical masses known as brain corals and star corals which are most abundant on coastline reefs or form the bases of the outer barrier reefs where on the other hand the budding is terminal or oblique branching tree-like growths such as the stag's horn corals with their innumerable allies and variations are produced the colors of the coral polyps are as brilliant and diverse as those of ordinary sea anemones living reefs whereon a number of different species are in a condition of healthy growth yielding a spectacular effect that vies with that of any floral parterre sometimes large areas acres upon acres in extent may be covered with one almost uniform purple green brown or other colored growth of the branching stag's horn species the aspect presented is not unlike that of a heath-covered common in addition to the solid calcareous skeletoned madrepores or stony corals as they are often termed there are a number of species in which a skeleton composed only of loosely aggregated calcareous spicules is produced the so-called flexible corals or sea fans belong to this category as also the precious coral of commerce in the last named species the solid brilliantly colored skeleton so much prized as an article of jewelry is deposited as a supplementary basis 
outside the tissues by which the star-patterned skeletons of the stony corals are secreted. A group which demands brief notice is that of the hydroid polyps. These include the majority of the jellyfishes, a few coral-secreting species, and the organisms whose seaweed-like horny skeletons, known as sea furs, are, in common with those of sea mats, included among the flotsam and jetsam on every sea beach. In the common hydra, or freshwater polyp, an exceptional freshwater representative of this group is presented. It may be likened to a tiny sea anemone having, when extended, a slender footstalk and long, thread-like tentacles. Like a sea anemone, it will shrink up when disturbed into a mere button of jelly. Its organization is more simple than that of the anemone, its body cavity being a simple sac, without any intucking of the orifice or strengthening by supplementary membranous partitions. A similar simple structural plan is characteristic of all the organisms belonging to the series. An interesting phenomenon connected with the freshwater hydra is the circumstance demonstrated now over a century ago, that if one of these animals be cut up into little pieces, each separate fragment is capable of repairing itself and growing into a new polyp. The jellyfishes, or medusas, and their allies would appear at first sight to possess but little structurally in common with the coral polyps and sea anemones. In their most familiar form, they are represented by a more or less translucent bell-shaped body which drifts with the current or propels itself through the water by its alternate expansions and contractions. In the center of the lower surface, occupying the position of the bell's clapper, a polyp-like tubular mouth is usually discernible, and this is frequently surrounded by a circle of tentacles, sometimes simple and sometimes elaborately ramified. Long, thread-like tentacles are also commonly developed around the margin of the swimming bell. The larger number of the jellyfishes are, as a matter of fact, transitional phases only of the fixed hydroid polyps previously referred to. In certain instances, the body of the fixed polyp becomes elongated and splits up horizontally into a series of jellyfishes or medusas, resembling a pile of saucers, which consecutively break away and lead a free-roving existence. In other forms, a compound tree-like growth gives birth to medusa-like buds, like the flowers on a plant, which ultimately become detached and swim away. What are known as the comb-bearing jellyfishes, their locomotive organs consisting of comb-like bands of vibratile hairs, are especially noteworthy. In some of these, the body is nearly spherical or ovate, one of the species, in reference to its shape, being popularly known as the sea lemon. A notable feature of these medusas is their remarkable glass-like transparency, their presence in the water in many instances being recognizable only by the prismatic glimmerings of their rows of vibratile hairs when the light falls upon them at a favorable angle. The most remarkable member of this particular group is undoubtedly the form known as Venus's girdle. This species takes the form of a long, ribbon-like band of transparent jelly. The edges of the ribbon are clothed with vibratile hairs, and the mouth is situated in the center of one of the edges. The animal progresses by the action of its hairs alone, or may be assisted by the twistings and undulations of its ribbon-like body.
many jellyfishes possess an unenviable reputation with reference to their stinging properties. The so-called Portuguese man-of-war is one of the more noteworthy of these. The organism consists of an ovately pointed air-bladder, which floats on the water, and from which depend numerous nutritive polyps and a mass of capturing filaments or tentacles. End of section 55